0: I Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. As Jews, we are known as the people of the book. But Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are not just about that book, about the Torah. On these holy days, another book takes center stage in our consciousness. On Rosh Hashanah, it is written. On Yom Kippur, it is sealed. We plead with God throughout the season, kodvenu beSefer hechaim. Inscribe us in the book of life. And it's no coincidence that on this most awesome and fearsome day of the year, I just read from that book from the Torah, hachayim v'hamavet natati lifanecha habracha uvacharta be'chayim. God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse, Uvacharta be'chayim. Choose life that you and your offspring may live. But this mitzvah, choosing life, it's always confused me. It seems so obvious. Wouldn't we all want to be inscribed in the book of life this year? Why do we need God to command us to choose life? Choosing life must be about more than simply staying alive. I read those same words, Uvaharta Bechayim, choose life, five weeks ago at the funeral of a young man, Aaron Scahill, whose choice to stay alive was taken away from him at the age of 28, after living with and battling cancer for three years. Even though Aaron ultimately succumbed to death, he embodied those words from the Torah choose life in every way he could. A few weeks before he passed, he told me that the only one good thing to come out of his cancer is that while most people, most of us, put our lives on hold, we think we have the luxury of putting things off, saying, I'm going to do this or accomplish that later, or I'll spend time with the people I love later. Aaron said, once I got my diagnosis, I realized I wasn't going to put off anything anymore. Despite the pain, Aaron resolved to live as much as he could in whatever time he had left. Aaron loved to scuba dive, and after he was diagnosed, he encouraged his twin brother, Sam, to learn too so that they could go on adventures together. Even after multiple surgeries and with a feeding tube, he and Sam traveled to Mexico to go diving, determined to see all that this planet, all that this life had to offer. A skilled undersea photographer, Aaron took beautiful pictures to share with his friends back home. And Aaron and Sam's home was always filled with friends. His whole life, even before his illness, he, he had a way of making you feel like you mattered, like he loved being in your company. And Aaron built so many friendships on his adventure through life. When Aaron's health deteriorated and he could no longer travel, he decided to take up rock climbing, of all things, here in Memphis. And once he was too weak to climb, Even in his last days, Aaron would ask to be woken up in the middle of the night if there was a thunderstorm so that he could go sit on the porch, still in awe of the beauty and wonder of this life. Viewed on a bookshelf, the book of Aaron's life was far too short. But the way that he chose to fill its pages with pictures and memories and experiences with the people he loved most. What a story he leaves behind. What a life Aaron lived. We honor Aaron's legacy when we learn from him and from how he chose life. So this Yom Kippur let us consider how we are choosing to fill our days and what values guide how we live. In 2015, before I left for rabbinical school, Rabbi Katie Bowman led a text study with a group of young adults at my house. And she shared an article by the New York Times columnist David Brooks in which he categorizes the virtues that guide how we live into two buckets. What he called, quote, resume virtues and Eulogy virtues. Brooks defined them. The resume virtues are the ones you bring to the marketplace. The eulogy virtues are the ones that are talked about at your funeral. Whether you were kind, brave, honest, or faithful, were you capable of deep love? Now, no doubt our resume virtues are important. You got to eat to live and it's through our resume virtues that we put food on the table for ourselves and for our families. And through our careers, our work, we help people in real and meaningful ways. Whether we heal people's bodies as doctors or nurses, whether we build homes or industrial machinery or deliver packages on time, whether we add beauty to people's lives as landscape architects or interior decorators our work makes a real contribution to the world. And yet, as we reflect on who we want to be in this year ahead, most of us wish that we spent more time on our eulogy virtues. Are we a good parent, a dutiful daughter or son, a loyal or caring friend? Do we waste too much time on things that don't really matter? we know that someday people will recount our lives at our funeral. Are we living out the story that we want them to tell? Just a few weeks after Rabbi Katie shared this article with me it was seven years ago today, according to the Jewish calendar. I was sitting right up there in this sanctuary on Yom Kippur. We were reading the prayer of the Unetan Tokev. Who shall live and who shall die? Who shall see ripe age and who shall not? Who shall perish by fire and who by water? Who by sword and who by beast? Who by earthquake and who by plague? And I thought about how someday my own life would come to a close. And looking back now, maybe Rabbi Bowman's article had already seeped into my subconscious. I was living in Memphis after college as an investment banker, and I remember seeing Rabbi Greenstein and Rabbi Bowman down here on this bima and thinking to myself, Jeff, you know you've always wanted to be a rabbi. I wanted to deepen my connections to this ancient tradition that every generation of my ancestors lived by and passed down. I wanted to try and inspire other people to show them that Judaism can add so much meaning to our lives and to inspire them to go out into the world and make it better. I wanted to be there for other people in their happy moments, the weddings, the births, the growing up, but also for the sad times, the diagnoses, the divorce, the death. I liked the business world. I found my job exciting and challenging, and I loved the people I worked with. But in that moment, I knew that I did not want to wake up in 30 years and not have done what I always dreamed of doing. So what a tremendous honor it is to be standing on this bima today in front of all of you. It is truly a dream come true. And I'm so grateful to have found this path. Not everyone has a dream, and certainly not everyone gets to live theirs out. If we did, there would be a lot more astronauts and NBA stars in this sanctuary today. (laughs) But living our dreams does not mean we have to change careers. Living out our our eulogy virtues looks different to each one of us. Some of us want to to venture beneath the waves or maybe to see the highest mountain peaks. Others may want to work hard so that their children can enjoy life's simple pleasures, like the pitter-patter of the rain and the crash of thunder outside our window. Others may just simply want to help other people with a smile or a kind word or a favor whenever we get the chance. No matter how we choose to spend our days, how we write our stories, the lesson of Yom Kippur is to choose, to choose with kavanah, with intention, how to live a life well-lived. The renowned doctor and author Atul Gawande, in his book, Being Mortal, explains that what defines a life well-lived actually changes depending on our life stage. He says, based on the research of Dr. Lara Karstensen at Stanford, young people basically aspire to achieve, to get, to have. And given the choice, young people prefer meeting new people instead of spending time with, say, a sibling. But old people prefer the opposite. When people reach the latter half of adulthood, their priorities change markedly. They reduce the amount of effort they spend pursuing achievement and social networks. They narrow in. As people grow older, they interact with fewer people and concentrate more on spending time with family and established friends. They focus on being rather than doing and on the present rather than the future. Now, I think this makes intuitive sense to us. but what's even more interesting and profound is that this effect, our tendency to narrow in, it's really more about proximity to and awareness of our mortality than it is about our age. Dr. Karstensen's research found that right after 9-11, when younger adults felt that death might be nearer, their priorities shifted to, rem- to resemble those of older adults. And, of course, we saw this in our own lives, in those early months of COVID. We narrowed our social networks, at first to be safer, but the fear, the uncertainty, the lurking danger and death, they made us reevaluate what was truly important in our lives. We spent more time with family. Some of us changed careers or adjusted our lives to the reality that the future is Uncertain. In Gowande's words, when life's fragility is primed, people's goals and motives in their everyday lives shift completely. It's perspective, not age, that matters most. But Gowande argues that as soon as the danger recedes, we should not, we should not revert back to our old selves. We should learn from the dying that we are all dying. In the words of one researcher, being born is a terminal diagnosis. And that is precisely the message of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is really a dress rehearsal for death. For one day, this day, we leave all of our bodily needs behind, Like a corpse, we refrain from food or drink and the pleasures of the flesh. Traditionally, we dress in all white, reminiscent of a burial shroud. The question is not, as the unatanatokev asks, who will die? These high holidays remind us that we will all die. But Yom Kippur's message starts there, but it does not end there on this day when our mortality is front and center. What did the early rabbis choose as our Torah reading? Uvaharta <inaudible> bechayim choose life. Precisely because we're going to die, we must choose to truly live with the limited time that we have. Are we spending our time doing the things and with the people that really matter? Are we leaving the mark we want to on this world? If not, Yom Kippur reminds us, we still have time to turn, to change course. According to tradition, the gates of teshuva, the gates of repentance and returning to the right path, they remain open until Nila, until the very end of Yom Kippur. God can still change God's mind, can cross our names out from the book of death and write us in the book of life. But we, we have that power too. God is not the only author. We write our own story. We can never know how many pages the Sifrei HaChaim, the books of our lives, number. But we can learn from Aaron Scahill and fill them with adventures, with friends and loved ones, with awe for the gift of life in every moment that we have. Living out our eulogy virtues, we can choose life every day. In the words of the 11th century rabbi, Rabbi Bachia ibn Pakuda, ki hayamim megilot, lachem. Days are scrolls. Write on them what you want to be remembered for. Gamar, Hatimatovah, may we all be written and sealed in the book of Life.